Well, hey everybody, and welcome to Gathering Glean. This is a place where we get to sit down with older and wiser women and hear some of the wisdom that God has taught them over the years. I had the privilege of sitting down with Marcia Morrow, and we talked a little bit about motherhood. Um, Marcy is a pastor's wife. They started serving our church about a year ago, and we have all quickly fallen in love with them. She is a mom of four, and they're all, praise Jesus, walking with the Lord. You you guys are going to love her. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. I feel like very thankful that you are willing to do this with Thank me. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm a little, um, when you asked, when you approached me, you know, with the text, I was like, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> like, what could I possibly have to bring to any kind of table whatsoever? Because, you know, God's just been working and chipping away and just doing something within me that I'm not quite ready for. So, I mean, even though I've, we've been walking with the Lord for so many years, I, I just feel like I know nothing, you know, because it's just another, something else will come about and it's like, <sighs> well, I think that's like the, a good place to be in. <clears throat> like if you yeah. thought that you had it all together. Oh, gosh, no. Wrong person. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be the right person. Wrong person, right? Um, I just want to pray before Yes, we absolutely. Pray. Let's pray. Um, dear Jesus, I just, um, I pray over this time, God, that you just be with us and that you just fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that you would um, just give Marcy the words and the the wisdom, uh, Lord, to share with us today and just help to bring um, lessons that you've taught her back to her memory as we're talking today. And um, Lord, we just thank you for this time. And, and we pray, Lord, that this um, this interview and this conversation that we're having can be a blessing um, first for me and then to others as well, Lord. And that you would just be, um, that you you would have your hand in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When you had your, when you started having kids, were you, were you guys, let's, let's rewind. Let's rewind. The whole reason why Chris and I came to the Lord is because I was expecting our oldest daughter. Oh, that's we right. were not married yet. Um, his family, um, for the most part, had all received the Lord, his immediate family. I come from a Catholic background. None of my family is saved. So when we've been dating since 1987, by the way, in high school, very, very long time. And we um, obviously were not in any kind of a good place. Um, We were both out of high school already. I was in college. He was in college. Um, I had all these fantastic plans. I wanted to be um, working on an air flight as a paramedic, a, a flight nurse on a paramedic air rescue unit. I went to school. I got my certification. I was ready to start working. The day that I received my certification in the mail was the day I found out I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, Mia. So um, it was a very um, traumatic time for us both. Chris didn't have a job. He was kind of flunking out of college. You know, just we're just kind of going, you know, being dumb. Well, we weren't even teenagers, but, you know, young adults, I guess. Um, Once we got saved, um, we got married when she was 11 months old. And... He probably went right into ministry when she was probably about almost two because I had Chloe the next year. Okay. And I was pregnant. I felt like I was pregnant. <laughs> so he's actually been doing ministry for about um, 
24 years. Okay. 25 years, about that. So um, he didn't get ordained as a pastor officially, you know, until um, I think like 20 years ago. I think our son Elias was already born when he finally came on staff. But um, I didn't work. I stayed at home. I, I gave up everything. Once we got saved, it was a whole new me. I didn't have the desires to continue going to school. I wanted to stay home and yeah. raise my kids. Yeah. So have I been a pastor's wife all this time? I guess you could say, yeah, yeah I have been. <laughs> yeah. So just like, I'm not even like looking at my questions yeah, for you, yeah. but so you kind of were raising your kids in the church. Was that difficult to do? It was like, very, it was you... very difficult because like I said, I came from a Catholic background and so did Chris, but we were not what you would consider like practicing Catholics. I went to a Catholic school. I don't feel like I learned anything except um, I couldn't ask questions. You know, you just do it because we say so. So I was very rebellious yeah. to it. I had no desire to, you know, go to church or anything. Um, my family, the same thing. They just really were not, you know, you went on special occasions, Christmas and Easter yeah. and that kind of type thing. Um, so when I started, when we had our children, um, we knew that we needed to do things different. I don't have the best relationship with my mom. And that's just because that's just how it is. So I knew that once I started having kids that I knew that I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be the boy that my mom raised me. I wanted to be the different. I wanted to be the opposite of that. Chris's mom, who has been, um, she's been gone. She passed away in 2003 and, no, 2004, because Phoebe was three. And she was the mom that loved her kids. And she taught me how to, to mm -hmm. love my kids um, in a godly way too mm -hmm. and we lived with her for about two years when we first got married and then we moved out and she was just a beautiful example of how I mean she taught me how to bathe you know teach taught me how to give Mia a bath and just how to be loving and caring and so raising them in a godly home was very very different because that was not what we were used to um, I remember one time my mom wanted to take Mia somewhere and I said okay well just let me make sure it's okay with Chris and her response to me was you need permission to let me take her you know from your husband and it was like it's not necessarily permission it's just a respect thing he is her father mm -hmm. and and so it was kind of a struggle with our family my family in particularly because in my mom's mind she kept thinking I didn't raise you to depend on anybody you know you should be independent mm -hmm. you should not have to ask for permission you should raise your kids how you want to be raised and in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah. no, that's not, you know, um, we need to, we need to do this together. Yeah. Chris and I need to be partners in this, you know, and I was kind of the, the, the mom loving, caring, and he was the, the disciplinary, you know, and that's just a good balance, you know, and it's, it was very difficult because we didn't know what we were doing yeah. at all. And so it was, a, poor Mia, she was kind of our trial and error kid. <laughs> So by the time Phoebe came along, we kind of figured, oh, we got this, but we really don't. It's, they're so different. Yeah, all of them. All very different. That's yeah. so cool. I always think that that's pretty cool to see, like, their different personalities. Yes, and and the way that they receive instruction, too. You know, Mia's very, um, she, she kind of looks at a situation, and she's always done this since she was little, and she stands back and she just kind of observes to see where she wants to fit in to the situation. Chloe... Um, our second daughter is all over the place. 
I remember Chris used to want to read to the girls and have them sit on the bed and listen to the Bible story. And she'd be hanging off the side of the bed and rolling off. And he used to get so frustrated with her. And I said, that's how she is. That's her personality. Mm -hmm. So learning how even to minister to her in her way was a challenge and it was something new. Elias, we kind of felt like he was just didn't pay attention to anything because we figured, oh, he's a boy. He's just not even going to get it. And, you know, and then Phoebe, she's just very um, obedient. She just wants to listen and take in everything. And I don't know, maybe she saw us getting after the rest of the three and she figured I'm not doing that. So <laughs> she's just, she's always she's been very receptive. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> very receptive. So you have four. We have four, yes. What do you guys do for fun as a family? Fun as a family. Or when we have everyone together, um, which is a rare thing, although everybody still does live at home. Um, I mean, just sitting around laughing, you know, and we like to play board games, which is, you know, pretty funny. You know, everybody's a cheater in everybody yeah. else's eyes. Um, we do, Phoebe plays soccer, so that's kind of our fun thing with Phoebe, my husband and I. And then, you know, when... The girls are, you know, maybe doing something else. Mia actually has an art show coming up that she's painting a picture for and the and the young adult study. So we're going to go and, you know, support her that way. We all like to go to Disneyland. So when we can all get together and go to Disneyland, that's fun. You I mean, said you went oh, We did, Friday. yeah. Chris and I just went on Friday, just oh, us too. So those are few and far between times. But um, it's, I think just being together, just, you know, when we can just all hang out, we're all just home or we all can go to Costco together and you know everybody's laughing and just having a good time you know just yeah. it's rare when everybody's home because they're, they're older and everybody's doing their own thing yeah I went to Costco with Elias and Phoebe the other day and they just laughed the whole time <laughs> and it was just such a sweet time you yeah. know it wasn't you know anything planned it was just like hey we got to go to Costco who wants to go well because they know they're going to get something from the food court so yeah let's they yeah <laughs> They just laughed the whole time. And so that was just neat to just see them getting along and laughing and having a good time. Did it, the time go fast with them growing? Absolutely. Because I'm like over here and Abigail is seven months and like it's gone so fast. And well, she's seven and a half months now. But when she was seven months, she started crawling and sitting up and like overnight. And that for me was like a big deal. But like now it's like two weeks later and she's standing, like she's pulling herself up. I'm like, wow. It's only been a couple of weeks. Like <laughs> she's just like not wasting any time. And yeah. so like I'm watching her like pull herself up and like look in her toys and like she's choosing her toys. I don't know. I just like look at her and I get all sad sometimes like yeah. this past week because I'm like, like. Don't, don't blink. Know. I don't know, blink. Like, you're like a little baby, but now you're like starting to walk. Oh. So I'm like, well, yeah, it's going I, I do really see, fast. I do sudden. see that it's it's going really fast. As Phoebe's approaching her graduation date, um, this is our fourth time. So I kind of feel like well, we've already done this. Mia, Chloe, Elias, mm-hmm. you know, they all graduated from high school and, you know, just kind of the getting ready. But I have a friend whose her daughter was graduating from APU last night. And so she's putting up videos and I'm watching. And I haven't heard the commencement song. I don't know. And it started playing, and I was just in tears. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Phoebe's going to graduate from high school. And I see my role changing. Yeah. Um, nobody needs me anymore. And that's a tough place for me to be because I was a stay-at-home mom for so many mm-hmm. years. I, just, I, I do work. I work at Target. And I didn't start working there until Phoebe was, I believe she was in sixth grade. So the other kids were older. And Target's very good with my schedule. I go in. 
at seven in the morning and I'm, the latest I work is three. And it's oh. always been like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thankful because I know that's where God has me because I still have my family time. I don't work on Sundays because I know Chris is a pastor. I need to be in church. Mm-hmm. It's been a really big blessing for me to be there. But they don't need me. Nobody needs me to comb their hair or, you know, do their laundry. I mean, they like for me to do their laundry, but, you know, <laughs> it's a different it's a different time that I'm in. Yeah. And with Phoebe going off to college, you know, I thought, okay, we finally convinced her to live on campus because she didn't want to live on campus. She was struggling with leaving home and being um, put into an environment that she wasn't ready for. You know, she, her mind, she's like, everybody wants to be there to party. I'm just trying to explain to her, look, you're a very strong person that is not easily persuaded to do anything. Yeah. That's her personality. She does not give in to peer pressure at all. You can say no, take a stand, you know, and that's how we've always brought our kids up. You know, if you don't like something, speak out against it, you know, And, and even just like with cursing, all the kids right away in junior high, don't, you know, don't curse around me, you know, just. I said, you may not be liked at first, but you will be respected. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, you know, trickled down to all of them. And we finally convinced her, you know, it's better if you live on campus. You know, you have to let God do what he's going to do with you there. And just when I thought, okay, I got peace. We're good. Something else happens. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I realized I can't stop praying for her. It's it's not over. Yeah. It's not settled. That's true. It's a new thing. You know, she went to her official visit um, this past weekend. And one of the first things that the soccer team wanted her to do, hey, let's go to a party tonight. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, The one thing that she was so afraid of having to um, to say no to stand. Yes. And she did. She said, no, I'm not doing that. I I, I don't want to do that. And we were very proud of her, you know, for not because she does not give any peer pressure. She says it was so awkward I didn't want to go and so I finally just said no I don't feel comfortable doing that I don't want to be around you know other people that I don't know and so they were okay I mean yeah so she didn't go but then I thought this is not even she hasn't even got into college yet and so it's a new thing that I have to continue to pray for and just when I thought the calm it was going to be all right this is good here comes another wave yeah lord (laughs) And it just, it's just as a reminder that we have to continually be praying for our kids. Continually. We, we can't stop. There's, you know, even though there, there are arrows that we're supposed to shoot off and let them go and let them fly, they still need our prayers. They need to be covered in our prayers daily. Yeah. And you, I know you said, like, nobody needs you anymore, but I don't think that that's yeah. true. Like, it's, it's just, it's a different thing. Yeah. You know, it's a different, it's a different season yeah. that I'm in. You know, I, I. I'm trying to find my place right now here. Yeah. And with the change. It's a new season. And transition very, very, very hard. The thing is, it's been a great transition. And Chris, actually, we were talking about this on Friday. He said, it was a great transition that nobody was ready for. Mm-hmm. And when he, when I start to think about just like what he says, and I've learned to listen and not respond because I admit that I'm very emotionally driven. And my responses can be very emotional. And that's something that God has really been working on me to, you don't always have to respond. You know, it might not be the right words. It might not be the right time. And I need to just listen, which is very uncharacteristic of me. Very, very uncharacteristic of me. 
and when he said that I was just kind of thinking and kind of just contemplating we were all ready for him to to make a move God whatever you want to do please have your way in but I wasn't ready for the move in myself yeah you know I wasn't ready for everything that was involved the time away we hardly ever see each other um, where we did a lot before when yeah. he was five minutes down the street yeah. I leave early in the morning he leaves midday and then we don't see each other until he comes home at night which is sometimes you know like on a Tuesday night he might not get home till 10 30 yeah. so it's just a different a different time wow. for us at night yeah because he's staying for the home fellowship and you know oh. he's doing things and then and, there's Wednesday night right. church and, yeah. and so I'm not part of his ministry or I was a huge part of his ministry just a year ago. Yeah. So even though it was a, it's been a good move, very, very good move, we were not ready for everything that was going to be involved, you know, all the yeah. fine details. Yeah. So that's been kind of rough. It's because I don't have a place and just I kind of feel like I'm wavering, you know. And, and he's tried to reassure me, too. You know, I need you to make sure that Phoebe gets to her practices and gets to her games mm-hmm. and whatnot because he can't do it. And I and I get that. But I want to be with him and do what he's doing, yes. you know, and be part of his leadership team. Right. I'm not. And so it's just it's a struggle. It's, yeah. it's this season where we're at. And until something else changes, you know, then... You know, hopefully, Lord Willie will move down, <clears throat> down here, and then we can be more invested together. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so as like your kids, they were growing up, kind of coming in church and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I, Jacob and I want, we would like to have like a lot of kids <laughs> between. The, but something that we've kind of talked about is like your kids growing up in the church like if we're ser- we're serving and stuff and then your kids they're like at church all day like how did how did you handle that were you always coming to church too absolutely for all of the services absolutely or like yeah that was you- one thing that we wanted to um to make sure that the kids felt like they were part of it mm-hmm. you know never um left out or will know because you're not in junior high yet so you really shouldn't um he wanted to bring chris wanted to bring us all alongside yeah. You know, in different ways and in different roles. You know, Phoebe was practically born at church. I went into labor <laughs> yeah. at church. You know, um, they grew up. We, we were there for all services, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. And it was just what we did. Yeah. And we didn't make it a chore. We didn't make it, you know. It was what our family did, and we're going to do this all together. And they always enjoyed it because they were a part of it. Um, okay. As they got older... I mean, of course, when they're little, they just, you know, they like being at church. They like mm-hmm. doing Sunday school. They like, you know, going to class and, and doing their pictures. And, you know, they fall in love with the, the Sunday school teachers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And as they got older and they started to come alongside and help in different roles, like in youth group, um, whenever Chris would do a mission trip, even if the kids were not in junior high or high school officially, they would come alongside because a lot of times they were a little bit more... Um, excited about doing the dramas or doing the different things and so he would include them okay well hey then let me give you a part in the drama and let them be a part of what was going on and I feel that if that was real important because they felt like they were part of the ministry and not like okay this is what I'm doing now you go sit over there in the corner 
you know, rather than bring them in. And maybe there were times, you know, Elias was a little bit more, not as mature as some of the guys or whatever, but the guys were also very receptive to him when he'd come around and, you know, they didn't uh, bully him or, you know, pick on him or anything like that. And so it was just always incorporating them in what we were doing, you know, as far as ministry goes and never saying, okay, well, you can't do this or you can't, you need to wait until it's your turn or anything like that. We didn't do that. And we always wanted them to feel like it's okay, obviously, to make mistakes because even though you may have the label of being a pastor's kid, you're no different and you're nothing special. Yeah. And we made sure that that was instilled in them. You have to have your own walk. Just because your dad's a pastor or he teaches a Bible study or I'm teaching a women's ministry, whatever, you have to have your own walk and you have to have your own identity in Christ. And we instilled that into them very, very early, you know, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And there's nothing that we can do to help you other than to guide you and lead you, you know, to the feet of Jesus. And that was very, very, you know, important for us raising our kids there. Yeah, that was one of my questions too, was how, and I'm sure it's different for every kid, but like, how do you help them to know like the gospel and to like come to that place where they, they want to give their hearts to Jesus? Um, I think too, with being in ministry, especially for Chris, he would have tons of counseling sessions with parents that would you know pretty much say here's my kid fix my kid Mm -hmm. and you know that it cannot start at church yeah church is kind of just the enhancer it is just gonna um make everything you know even better from what you're learning at home so the foundation has to be at home and everything that chris always did um he always did it with a biblical perspective you know, if he was going to discipline the kids, he sat them down and he helped them to understand what they did was wrong and how it went against what God's word said. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, not only did it grieve Chris as their dad, but it grieves our father in heaven. And so everything was done with the biblical perspective. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'm emotionally driven. I'm like, don't spank them. You're going to hurt them. <laughs> but they needed to have that discipline. Yeah. They needed to have that guidance. And he always did it with the foundation of, of Jesus. You, you know, you're going to go through different things at school. You're going to encounter different types of teachers. You're going to encounter different people just on your everyday walk, on your sports teams. You know, the kids have always done sports. But always taught them, you know, you got to have that foundation in Jesus so that people can see that first that there's something different about you and they'll be drawn to you. You know, but everything you do is because God has enabled you. He's given you talents. He's given you abilities. He's given you um, just everything that you need to prosper and always just bringing that back to Jesus. How does Jesus, if you're a good soccer player, it's not because of anything that you've done. It's because God has enabled you to be able to be that type of player. He's given you the the discipline. He's given you Mm -hmm. the desires, you know, because you're keeping him first. He's going to honor what you're doing. But once you put him on the back burner, he's going to start stripping stuff away and just keeping it real. Yeah. And I think, too, them seeing us live out what we're telling them yeah. was even bigger yeah. than us. You know, we could sit down and we can read the Bible to them. But unless they see us believing yeah. and doing what we're telling them and having that kind of a character, they're not going to do anything. You know, they're going to be like, well, you know. Mom's telling me not to say bad words, but she's saying bad words. You know, kids are very um, perceptive to things like that. So being that example, you know, to where they they feel that longing in their need in their heart to surrender their lives. Yeah, that's really good. Um, 
kind of like along with that like as they be your children like became christians and stuff were was there like ways that you guys helped them to know how to hear from the lord because i i feel like it's kind of something that you learn is like how do you listen and learn his voice and right you know it's i think it's a learning even still today for me you know there's different ways you know i've never been able to there's no i can never say oh god i heard what god was you know that it's never happened to me that way and um my oldest daughter mia um we've what we've told our kids we've told them all four all four of them consistently you know you need to be praying for things you need to be in your word because this is what we do we're in our word we pray you know read devotionals or read books or you know the more that you saturate your mind with the lord the more you want more of the mm-hmm. lord you know and they're they're very normal kids yeah you know they they're gonna test the waters and they're gonna you know do their own thing you know and they have to have their own walk well our oldest daughter mia um just recently she had been um not so much dating but she was friends with with a guy um he was a christian they were going to church together and then he decided that you know he they were going to break off the relationship because he was needed to focus more on the lord now for me that was a cop out which was fine Mm -hmm. that's okay um Mia has a very loving and genuine heart, but she's never had um, a, a real strong foundation on her own. She's got this foundation that we've given her, you know, and built upon. And it wasn't until her heart was broken that she fell at the feet of the Lord and just poured everything out. And now she cannot get enough of the word. Mm. And it's a sweet, beautiful thing to see her grow. Yeah. And it's because it just, it has to be on their own time. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I could save my kids from any heartache. Yeah. I wish that I could just say, look, do this and your life will be great. But that's not reality. Yeah. And it took a heartbreak for her. And she was devastated. And... As a mom, I'm thinking, okay, where's this kid at? We're going to go find him, you know. But it's what God, it was the avenue that God used to bring her to such a loving relationship. She sits down and she can, the things that she's saying are genuine. And not that they weren't before, but now they're real in her life. You know, there was some things that Chris and I have discussed how the generation that our kids are growing up in, um, it's an entitlement generation they feel like they're entitled to everything without having to work for anything and you just give it to me because I want it and so therefore they don't have a need for Jesus the way that Chris and I had a need for Jesus we were at yeah rock bottom yeah. with our faces in the dirt you know and we've raised our kids they have a home with the mom and dad we've never starved our bills have always been paid you know God is taking care of us and he's blessed us so much to where our kids don't need anything, but they have to come to the realization that they need Jesus no matter what. Even though their circumstances might be good, even though you might be getting good grades mm-hmm. or, you know, they have jobs, they still need Jesus. And for Mia to get her heart broken, she saw her need for Jesus. Not that she wasn't saved, but now I could see growth in her. 
I can see her her heart changing because she cannot get enough of her word. She's always in the Bible, always reading, taking notes. I'm like, what are you reading? What are you studying? She's like, I just can't get enough of this. Mm, you know, and it's amazing. so sweet. Yeah. And you know, that's whatever God has to do. I think that's the hardest prayer I've ever, ever had to pray for my kids is whatever it takes, yeah. Lord, do it. Yeah. Because I, I don't want them to suffer. Yeah. I don't want them to have a testimony. <laughs> but they have to have a testimony. Yeah. I think when you realize that, um, although I don't want to see my children suffer, mm-hmm. I don't want to see them go through anything. They have to in order to grow. They have to be broken in order to grow. Yeah, I feel like that's such a good like imagery of the Lord's heart too for us. Like, He doesn't want to see us suffering, but like He sees how necessary it is and, and like allows it. And for some, it's different. You know, it's not mm-hmm. going to be the same. You know, whatever. It's going to take, you know, God knows what it's going to take to to get them to that brokenness because he knew what it took for me and he knew what it took for Chris Mm -hmm. to get into a brokenness and to where we saw, oh my gosh, I have, I have nothing, you know, and and I need Jesus. And, you know, it's, it's hard if, you know, I want to save my kids from anything. Can I keep them in a little bubble, keep them safe, but I can't, I'm I'm doing more damage to them by doing that. You know, they have to fly. The arrows have to fly. It's good. <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about like being married and then like parenting? Like, how did you guys um, keep your relationship like close when bringing in kids? Because I feel like it's it can be really distracting and like we don't have time to go on dates or anything. So how do you? Yeah, it it's it's very rough, you yeah. know, especially when they're little, mm-hmm. you know, and um. When Chris first got into ministry, I felt like I was always left out because I was home with all the kids and I was pregnant or, you know, well, I can't go to Knott's Berry Farm. I'm eight months pregnant, (laughs) you know, and um, it was it was difficult. It was a difficult time. And and there was a lot of bitterness in my in my heart because I was selfish because I was like, wait, he's my husband, you know. And what happened? What about me? You know, but it just learning to be in the season that you're at. Um, trying to make time, uh, that can be very difficult. Sometimes you have to just incorporate all the kids with, you know, you learn to become a family unit rather than just a single, you know, just yeah. you you and yeah. your husband. Because it's no longer just you and your husband, which is weird because now that we've done so many years of having the kids and somebody with us to go to Disneyland alone yeah. was weird. It was almost like we didn't know how to act. What did we talk about? You know, whenever we've had our date nights or we'll go out to dinner, you know, now that the kids are older, you know, we can just leave them home and we go to bed, we close the door. Okay. See you in the morning. You know, nobody has to be put into bed and it's, but it was weird. You know, all of our conversations come back to the kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's trying to learn to find something that that's just for me and him. Yeah. That doesn't revolve around Phoebe or doesn't revolve around, you know, what Elias is doing. Although that's never going to change. But it's a weird season that we're in now, you know. We're going to move and it's just going to be me and him. Oh, yeah. And we better like each other (laughs) at this point. Um, But he's also my best friend. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that I can't tell him or that I wouldn't tell him. Um, I don't have a friend outside of my marriage. I mean, I have 
friends, mm-hmm. you know, other women that I talk to that I'll, you know, text every now and then, how are you doing? How's it going? Mm-hmm. But he's my friend. He's mm-hmm. my one constant. Yeah. And now the kids are getting out of the picture. You know, it's quiet. You know, if it's just him and I, and, you know, we're kind of looking at each other like, <laughs> what do we do now? Because we didn't have those times. We always had kids, and we yeah. always incorporated them with us. Yeah, and when you, you have know. four, you have four, right? So, like, when you have four, it's hard to be like, hey, watch all four of my kids while we go yeah. on a date. And, and there were times that, you know, people would do that. Hey, yeah. leave your kids here. You guys go out for your anniversary. Go out to dinner. Yeah. But then what do we do? We sit and we talk about the kids. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Um, Chris and I uh, try to be active together. Um, we used to run, but now that we're getting older, it's a little harder on our knees. Yeah. So we, when Phoebe's practicing, we take off and we walk around the neighborhood there around her, her practice fields. Um, obviously we need to stay active. We need to yeah. be in shape and it's a time for us to talk. He talks about ministry stuff. He talks about his leaders and just different things. And I talk about work and we try not to talk about the kids because yeah. life has to exist away from that's the kids. True. And that's hard. I think that's a good reminder for me, like, just starting with the, having kids and stuff, like, making, because I, I, especially because she's still so new to me, and, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not away from her very often, like, it's hard for me sometimes to be away from her, and, like, if, like, we've gone to, like, a couple weddings together and, and left her with, like, one of our parents, and the whole time I'm just like thinking about her (laughs) and you know and that can almost be dangerous yeah because you know your husband wants to be with you yeah because the baby's gonna be there when you get home I know and the other kids as well and it's important to have that relationship and it's hard though it's very hard but when the kids are all grown and gone who do you have you know you you're gonna have your spouse and you hear that but I'm about to live that, and mm-hmm. it's so strange, you know. Um, he was sick. Chris was sick a couple weeks ago, and it was actually on Easter Sunday, and he stayed home. And Mia and Chloe, or Chloe was working a lot. The, the kids all went their own separate ways. Mm-hmm. They came to church, and then they went over to family members. We stayed home. And I was like, is this all it's going to be when the kids are gone, just me and you sitting here, like, doing nothing? I was <laughs> like, are we ready for this, you know? But it's... It's a strange thing to not talk about the baby or talk about yeah. the kids yeah. or talk about what happened. But trying to find, you know, um, I've been reading through a devotion. And so sometimes there's things that I don't understand. You know, okay, Chris, what does this mean? You know, so just kind of finding things to, mm-hmm. to talk about. But sometimes it's hard because you have to find things. Yeah. yeah. You know, before, before kids come into the picture. It was different. It was so different. You know, you could share your dreams, you could share your frustrations, but now everything revolves around your children and it's hard to separate it. Yeah. You know, and not that you should or you have to, but it's always good to have a time where, you know, it's just going back to just your husband, you know, me and Chris and what what are our hopes and our dreams and, you know, it's it's a challenge. Yeah. I think last time I saw you, we I was telling you about how we tried to go see that movie and we went to a drive-in so we could bring Abigail because like I, I was like, I don't have any desire to leave her and go watch anything. I'm not going to have any fun. So when it failed and we couldn't finish watching the movie because she couldn't handle it anymore, 
and we at home I was we were just like we'll just see it when it comes out on DVD but like I had I started thinking about it the week after and I was like he really wants to see this movie like I can I can give up my three hours of time with Abigail and like go see a movie together like we we should be doing that and I think it's good for our relationship to it is because it's a sacrifice yeah and as moms well what if something happens while we're gone we that goes through our heads it still does yeah you know but you have to make an effort because your spouse is who we're going to spend the rest of our lives with. Yeah, that's interesting. You said you, go. like, still think about that even now yeah. as they're older. Like, you you worry sometimes. And about. I try. I, I really have to make a conscious effort. Um, You know that marriage is all about sacrifice. It's not about just you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, your needs or your uh, wants. You know, it's, you know, Chris, when he just did a wedding a couple weeks ago, and he talked about, how once you become husband and wife, it's no longer your ice cream. It's now both of you. You know, it's <laughs> it's a it's a joint bowl. You know, it's not just my ice cream alone. You now have to share yeah. with somebody, and and it's combining and thinking about, like you said, he really wants to see this movie. Mm-hmm. So making that um, sacrifice, because it is a sacrifice, to go and spend the three hours to watch this movie. It's a three little three hours. You know, yeah, and. Even though you're going to worry, like I said, I've learned to try not to be verbal. Hmm. And just, okay, it's going to be okay. Like, everything's going to work out. And, and, you know, the thing like with Phoebe in college, I don't know where she got the idea that it was going to be okay for her to live at home rather than dorm her first year. Hmm. And so I was telling Chris, we need to discourage her from wanting to live at home. For a couple different reasons. She does not have a car. Yeah. She cannot drive to school. Yeah. It's a 45 to an hour drive in very minimal traffic. She can't even get to school on time. And we're a mile away from the school, <laughs> you know. But he's like, I'm, I'm praying and I'm praying. And I'm thinking, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. <laughs> she needs to make a decision. There's mm-hmm. deadlines. And I had to stop verbalizing it. Because I was going about it the wrong way, and it was causing tension yeah. in my relationship with him. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this in your hands. And then I had to leave it in his yeah, hands. Yeah, like, really let it go. And let, yes, let it work out. And I would occasionally, I couldn't ask Phoebe about it, because I knew that I was going to be emotionally driven in the conversation and tell her, you're crazy. What are you Mm -hmm. thinking? You know, that's not what she needed. And then Chris said, I need for, um, we're just going to pray through this and let God change her heart. And I'm thinking, that's great, but she's got a deadline, you know, and Mm -hmm. because I'm a planner, we've got lists, we got things we got to get done. And I already know my child. She was not going to change her mind. Yeah. She was already dead set. She's not peer pressured into anything. And I was just like, okay, Chris, I'm just going to let you handle it. I'm going to let you talk to her. And we need to just pray. And I didn't want to pray anymore. I was tired of like, okay, this we need action. And Chris was like, no. Okay, then I stopped saying stuff. That's when I, I'm not going to verbalize anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to let it. And it worked out. As things always do, you know, and it's like, man, I need to learn to just be quiet. But 
he's the one that I'm going to spend the time with once she's gone. I can't cause tension between us because of, you know, maybe I didn't agree with the way he was handling it. Yeah. Or he wasn't handling it fast enough or, or God, I thought God was telling me something, you know, just mm -hmm. it's real hard to find a balance, but I needed to compromise and be like, you know, it's not about me. I'm not the one going to school. God has to work out the details. If he wants her there, he's going to have to bring everything into falling into place. Exactly. No matter what the deadlines are. Yeah. And that's very hard for me to yeah. do. Very, very hard for me to do. But I was trying to avoid confrontation or tension between me and Chris because I could feel that, you know, I was getting like that. And, you know, just thinking about, well, what is, you know, he really wants to handle it this way. Then we need to, I need to fall into submission and handle it this way because he clearly is more godly than I am. <laughs> and I know that he is. And it's just that compromise too and, and different things big things or little things movies or you know the way that he's you know disciplining the kids or you know what he wants to do a lot of times I don't agree with it until afterwards mm -hmm. I realize yeah you were right I'm glad I didn't say anything <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's good that's true um so I I think we're kind of running out of time so I just okay. wanted to ask like one last question and it's kind of broad. So what do I need to know as a mom going into like this new season for me, a new season of motherhood, what do I need to know that I don't know that I need to know? Because uh, I don't know what I need you're, to know you're gonna make You're going to make mistakes. And it's okay. Because just like your baby is learning, you're learning with her. Mm -hmm. And... If you're daily seeking after God's wisdom and, you know, even just in little things on, you know, just uh, should I be encouraging her to walk yet or, you know, developmental things, you know, no, we're not ready to do that. You know, at the end of the day, God has given us this uh, maternal instinct that is definitely God given and it's okay to make those mistakes and it's okay to, to feel like you failed because God hasn't failed us mm -hmm. and he's going to get us through the trials when they're sick, when they're not sick, the developmental things. Um, don't beat yourself up because maybe it was a day that you decided to go to the movies and she took her first step Oh, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you have a special ability to be able to stay home and spend time with her and I wouldn't give that up for nothing mm -hmm. I would not trade that for nothing um, and there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days and just enjoy the time that you have with her you know as she's growing and you're learning with her and no one expects you to be the perfect mom the best mom and if she gets dirty and she eats a bug it happens <laughs> you know and you know, don't beat yourself up for it you know mm -hmm. if she comes to Sunday school and she pulls a little girl's hair or something you know it's <laughs> it, it it happens mm -hmm. and and it's not because of anything that you've done wrong you know we came broken our kids came to us broken and you know it's just our job is to love them the way Jesus would love them you know it says and to nurture them and to teach them, you know, how to be loving because it, it's not natural. It's not a natural mm -hmm. thing. They know how, they want to be mean and they want to be, you know, <laughs> kind of snooty as they get into teenage years and whatnot. And, you know, always just 
remember that it's okay to make mistakes and it, it's okay to feel like you fail because God's never failed us. And we just got to keep clinging to him in all the different stages from when she's seven months to when they're three, their first day of school, mm-hmm. their graduation day, you know, yeah. we, we just, we enjoy the moments and things don't always go as planned. You know, you think you might have it all planned out for your child and God's going to have a way different yeah. plan for them and, and just to be, you know, accepting to what God wants to do and not not feel like you're standing in the way either. Because mm-hmm. that's how I feel sometimes. I feel like, God, get me out of the way mm-hmm. so that you can work, Yeah, you know, in their lives. That's good. Thank you for doing this with me. <laughs> it was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know how much <laughs> oh, no. wisdom I could have oh. or, you know, I'm... I'm real. I don't, I can't pretend to be something I'm not, you know. Every day I feel like I failed. But yet God reminds me that his mercies are new every day. Every single day. And I don't have to feel like I can do it on my own because I can't. Oh my goodness, I can't. You know, and there's, you know, a lot of scriptures that I cling to, you know. Um, I, I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? You know, my help comes from the Lord. I can't do it. You know, there's things that I feel like, you know, I I want to stress about or I want to worry and I have to remember God has a plan and I need to get out of the way and let his plan unfold you know Mm -hmm. there's nothing that's done by mistake and I always feel like it's not happening fast enough you know and things are not going the way I thought it should be but that's a good thing because if they go the way that I think they should go I'd probably be a hot mess yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's good okay um well that's it then (laughs) thanks Wasn't that such a great conversation? I was especially encouraged by it. I loved hearing her heart on motherhood, and I really loved how she said, you know, that it's okay to feel like you failed because God's never failed us. And how true is that? I hope that you were encouraged by it um, as I was, and whether you're a mom, a soon-to-be mom, or even just a spiritual mom to the younger generation, um, I, I hope that you have a wonderful Mother's Day, and remember that it's best to always, always, always be you.